ice cream and cookies, salsa chips, a cheesy slice for pizza. It's hard to resist when the munchies come to attack, but it has its obvious drawbacks. The unhealthiness of it all. Why should we have to compromise good taste when we want healthy ingredients? Enter Priyasha Saluja, who wants to prove healthy food can be lip-smackingly delicious too. From cookies, cakes, protein bars to pastries, it'll leave you wanting more. Priyasha is the proud owner of the food brand, The Cinnamon Kitchen. Her goal? Let people be happy when they eat. Having fought with PCOS her entire life, Priyasha wants to create change. She also conducts workshops so that people can learn recipes for vegan, gluten-free, PCOS-friendly, keto and paleo food. Her brand has been endorsed by celebrities across India and has experienced immense growth and popularity, all organically. What started out as home experiments to provide herself with delicious but healthy nutrition is now a brand that spans two cities and ships nationally. Welcome to the sixth and final episode of Mojo Maker Season 2, where we chat with Priyasha Saluja to understand how a food brand breaks out from the competition to develop its own identity. Thank you so much, Priyasha, for coming on to Season 2 of the Mojo Makers Business Podcast. We're extremely glad to hear, and I'm very sure our conversation today is going to be so invaluable to all those aspiring entrepreneurs out there who want to start their own baking business, food business, catering business, etc. Thank you, Priyasha. Thank you so much for having me. It's, um, it's a pleasure to be here, and I hope conversation really today has some takeaways, like you said. So, Priyasha, what is the Cinnamon Kitchen? So the Cinnamon Kitchen is a vegan and gluten-free bakery. It's essentially a plant-based bakery that's also sustainable, plastic-free, carbon-neutral. You know, everything that we bake in the kitchen is, like I said, vegan, gluten-free, refined, sugar-free. The idea is to be able to give people products, snacks, desserts that are, you know, as good as homemade, made of really high quality ingredients, no processing, no preservatives. So that, you know, when they're eating or when they're snacking on something, they can just sort of forget about what's gone in it and like sort of really trust that the product they're consuming is as nutritionally dense as something that they would make for themselves at home. I like how you use the word nutritionally dense. Is that something that you had a goal when you started this business? Yeah. So, I mean, I actually started with really like, I have no professional like I have this bakery now we've been operating for about two years we have two bakeries one in Delhi one in Bombay but I have like when I started off I just started off as a home kitchen and I have no prior bakery experience so all of this was really stuff that I was making for myself at home anyway like most of it and then that's where it really started when I was making things for myself the idea was to make it as nutritionally rich as possible and eat as well as possible those experiments sort of became or came into cinnamon kitchen as you see it today so was there something that was maybe pushing you to chase after nutrition so basically i was diagnosed with uh, pcos at the age of 13 i always had irregular periods i didn't really know much about it up until a very old age like up until 19 or 20 that's when I moved out. But then, I don't know, it got progressively worse also by eating food from outside. I would still try to eat the healthiest possible food. So I would go to uh, the best grocery stores in town and try to get the healthiest possible 
snacks and nut butters and fruits and you know like other packaged stuff for myself mm-hmm. but then i soon realized that it just says healthy at the front of it but if you see the labels which i did start reading after a little while i realized that most of this stuff is just is just like full of preservatives and if it says sugar free then they widely another sort of sugar to label it as sugar free so none of the products that were available were preservative free or actually sugar free or actually healthy right and they were super expensive at that as well so that's what majorly triggered my health issues and made them worse at the time so i decided to not eat any of that food and i started prepare things for myself in the kitchen you know every sunday i would get a bunch of raw materials nuts or seeds or fruits and then uh, towards the evening i would batch prep for the whole week for myself and that's where the the whole idea of sort of experimenting in the kitchen came in and i realized i really liked that to a point that it was uh, extremely therapeutic for me to do it plan my meals ahead to prepare my snacks to prepare my desserts to have like a bunch of very healthy things ready in the kitchen at all times so that's when the whole idea came about from there on i i started posting things on my instagram page like on my personal instagram handle and then at some point my instagram handle was only food instagram sort of helped me reach out to people who were interested in the kind of things that i was making because this is like you know 5 years back so at the time this whole philosophy of healthy eating vegan gluten free was very very niche and very new so it really instagram really in that way sort of helped me connect with people who were interested in uh, trying new things and maybe also had pcos uh, a lot of women so they sort of they, they saw the food because we've all we've all been told so far that eating if you're eating healthy then it just has to taste bad it has to be a compromise and a lot of people who had pcos didn't have the awareness they were just punishing themselves day in and day out by eating just salads and food that didn't taste good at all so when they saw me eating very vibrant colorful delicious food which was also healthy and prepared well and looked like it tasted really good i think people just organically sort of got in touch and it became a community i'm so curious right now how do you actually make food which is super healthy because when you say super healthy you're right i am thinking of things that i don't like like beetroot or a lot of spinach or a lot of green things yes. right suddenly your instagram is full of these pretty cakes and i want to eat what i see on your page so secret <laughs> what goes in the food which makes it taste so good but is also healthy so the idea is to experiment with alternate ingredients it's something that also some people are discovering now as more um, healthy restaurants and experimental places are opening up it's not that plants taste bad it's that if they're prepared badly they can taste really bad so if you prepare them well if you know how to work with vegetables if you know how to work with your fruits you know you can make really really delicious stuff with the same set of ingredients so it's that and then for me it was mainly experimenting with alternate ingredients so for example a cake that we make so one of the recipes which is which also won the pitas award for um, you know vegan gluten free cake chocolate cake is uh, the amaranth and almond flour uh, chocolate cake on the menu instead of using maida instead of using eggs butter what we use is we use millet so we use amaranth flour which is gluten free which is more nutritionally dense and we use almond flour so with a combination of these two flours we're able to make the cake light and moist 
you know, obviously then instead of using your regular cocoa powder, we're using raw cacao powder, which is unprocessed, has more antioxidants. So it's sort of like pizza, for example, this pizza has cheese that is unhealthy. So just like remove the cheese, right? And then the pizza becomes healthy. Or the idea is to work from ground up. So if you're thinking of, you know, a pizza, for example, you would swap the base, you're using your all-purpose flour, you would swap it with millets, then, you know, instead of uh, getting the cheese from store-bought cheese, you try to make your own vegan cheese with, you know, with vegan ingredients, with whole ingredients. So the idea is to work from ground up and, you know, change every little thing that goes into it while retaining the taste. So even for the cake, for that matter, we swap the whole, the all-purpose flour with amaranth and almond, and then gave it the same taste and made just made it nutritionally dense. So that's how we work in the kitchen. We try to see what traditional recipes are like, and then we try to swap ingredients and experiment with alternate ingredients and millets and dry fruits and fresh fruits and nuts so that it tastes exactly like or better than its original version. So deconstructing a common food item and then building it up from scratch so that it maintains its tastiness but is entirely made of healthy items. Yes, yes, exactly. But this honestly does not sound like something that if I was in the kitchen and I want to experiment, I will not think of ingredients which can easily replace it and you know still retain the taste. So either you have a very good knack for it or you did a hell lot of research you know before you even started this business so which one is it I think it definitely does come naturally to me it like the way you're saying it it just sounds like a lot of effort but to me it doesn't sound like a lot of effort so that's definitely the case I feel like so I I used to extensively sort of roam around the aisles of big grocery stores and see what all is there and try to pick up different ingredients and then go home and experiment with it but it didn't come about as oh I have to do this research it was just interesting to me you know to see how things work so if I would just watch a recipe I would not watch it from the point of view of this is a recipe I would watch it from the point of view of okay what all can I substitute in this recipe to make it healthier and that was like the approach from the very beginning a few things are definitely super instinctive and they worked out I think learning is just a part of the process since I'm not professionally trained I still think that I'm learning every single day and growing every single day as a chef yeah so that's definitely the case vegan gluten-free we find them floating about quite a lot in Western societies, right? It's like you get vegan stores, you get vegan bakeries. But in India, we have vegetarian. We don't yet have vegan or gluten-free as mainstream words. So was it difficult for you to adapt or find a customer, find a niche in the Indian context? So I had been a meat eater my entire life. I've grown up in a Punjabi household and we would eat a lot of chicken, butter. The breakfast bread would have just so much dairy. And then I think five years ago, I I just all of a sudden, it was getting to me because the more I was educating myself on the processes and what the animals go through, I was really getting to me, you know, the stuff that we were consuming. So um, that's where the shift in terms of what I was experimenting with came about. Right. So it was smaller substitutes first, like that I'm not going to eat chicken. Maybe I'm going to get my protein from somewhere else and then not not have eggs in anything and not have like in, in the baked goods and stuff. So that's when thing, that's where the experimenting bit came about for me. And then 
in Bombay, when I was there and I sort of just started the kitchen and I was making things, it was never so much about them being vegan and gluten-free. It was just about them being healthy. I think that was at the forefront of the recipes that I was creating. So that's how I was putting them out as well. Uh, thankfully for healthier things, because Bombay is comparatively a very evolved market as well. There were customers, still like super niche for sure. Uh, I completely agree with what you're saying, but there were still customers who wanted to eat healthy. So they didn't know so much about the food that I was making. So, but they were really intrigued for sure. And, uh, you know, also customers who super well traveled from Bombay, they would understand what I'm making because, you know, this was sort of the world food at the time, millets and vegan gluten-free was really catching up globally so I think some people had some knowledge others had to be educated but I was always okay with you know spending time with my customers and talking to them about what I feel what I'm doing and why I'm doing it differently and what's the value that I'm offering so they they were very receptive to also that sort of knowledge I would be happy to whether or not somebody was buying from me I would, was very happy to share links also make videos post recipes you know do all of that sort of groundwork then yeah then I mean it was mostly for people to believe in what I was doing so even if they didn't entirely understand it they were okay with experimenting with something that was new and was definitely better than what was traditionally available. I like how you said that you're very comfortable if a customer asks you details you're completely okay sharing other youtube videos telling them about it educating them about it so your business is not just make something sell something your brand stands for much more wide range of values for sure i mean i post recipes very regularly still on my instagram page if my schedule would allow, I'd just post them more and more often. But yeah, whatever, whatever I am, the knowledge that I'm capable of sharing, I definitely share. I also teach. I've been teaching for a year and a half now. The idea behind teaching is to be able to educate more people and uh, enable more people to be able to make the stuff that I'm making so that, you know, this it's not just limited to one kitchen. It's just so many other kitchens that can make similar stuff. So even my students are just a combination of also people who want to bake the things for their families, who have small children, they want to bake things for their families, or they have someone in their family who's diabetic, or they have someone in their family, or they have PCOS and they want to make themselves healthy dessert, and also other bakers and home bakers who want to add things to their menu and therefore give things to other consumers who would like something different and healthier. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination really, but it really sort of helps me spread the word about and spread the philosophy and also enable people to create what I'm creating. So what are some of your most popular products today? So it's like I told you, the amaranth and almond flour cake, that's our most popular cake. Cake. It's essentially like a chocolate, dense chocolate cake and we do versions of it, seasonal fruits and stuff. Then we have uh, the flourless almond butter cookies. Those are very popular. Though it's just, you know, it's like four ingredients. It's just almond butter, almond flour, chocolate chips, some sea salt, some flax seeds. It's also a very, it's, it's a very popular. It's essentially like, you know how you used to get those old big Milanos? It tastes exactly like that. It's a healthy recreation of that. That was my inspiration behind making the recipe. So those are very popular. Then the crackers are popular. But I think we really come to be known for our cookies really now. Yeah, I think the cookies are the most popular and the be- therefore the best-selling things on the menu right now. 
So if you had to divide what percentage would be sweet and what percentage would be savory? So right now the kitchen is majorly just sweet stuff owing to all my uh, cravings. Okay. But uh, we are like we, there is there are two three savory things in the menu, but we are definitely uh, putting more and more stuff now on the menu. So I recently moved to a new kitchen space. It's been fifteen days or so now because we have a bigger kitchen space. We have more people and the capacity is otherwise increased we are expanding the menu and adding a bunch of savory stuff a bunch of snacking stuff to the menu as well so hopefully you know in the coming few months you'll see a very extensive savory menu as well wow so how big is your team right now so we are about 17 people um in delhi and bombay the delhi kitchen is the bigger one that's the central kitchen mm-hmm. and then the bombay kitchen is smaller yeah and we have two cloud kitchens and we supply all over india really so the fresh stuff is available in delhi and bombay like cakes and you know the more perishable stuff mm-hmm. but our cookies crackers uh, granola that kind of stuff is available all over all over india and in all of this since it is a cloud kitchen how did instamojo help you So yeah very interestingly I still conduct you know when I conduct workshops I sign up like I have that Instamojo page and I collect all my payments on Instamojo for the initial few months when we didn't have a website I used to send people who wanted to pay didn't have Paytm or didn't have like you know apps and wanted to pay by card we used to send them Instamojo links because it's super convenient you know you can just like generate a link just write the amount and generate link it was really simple so yeah that that stuff was it, it really helped me as a, a small business as a single person operating a business to streamline processes make things convenient you know because i couldn't always rely on cash as a medium people wanted to pay online and it it really helped me even now all the workshops all the work the page the product page of the workshop is on instamojo and all the workshops are listed in you know the previous recordings are listed So I'm still you. I'm a very uh, regular Instamojo customer. So when you started, you said right, you were a one person show. You were doing it all alone. You transitioned from Instagram to Instamojo to your own website. As somebody who had no prior knowledge of running a business, what were the biggest challenges that you had to overcome at the starting? So I mean, I did give this example in I think one of my workshops also where I taught how to start a bakery business was that the first order that came in on Instagram, a friend of a friend ordered a bunch of protein bars. Really, I was very excited and I said yes, and I told them that I'll deliver it the next day. And I was like, yeah, I know the recipe. All I have to do is make them, right? And then when I made them, I was like, I cannot deliver it like this. I need to, I need you know, package it. I need to be able to tell them how they want. They have to store it, and I have to, you know, also send it to them. And at the time, your delivery apps and stuff is not there. Like four years ago, or at least I was not aware that there are any delivery apps. So I ended up preparing it, putting it in a tiffin box, okay, and then telling them like verbally how to refrigerate. and you know how to store and how to keep which seemed like such a cumbersome process to them you know and then also going and hand delivering the products i mean i spent the whole day just making and then going one hour away and hand delivering the product which i realized that okay i mean i need know how to make things but 
uh, running a business or uh, that was sort of my introduction to the fact that it's not just about making things it's maybe it's a 50-50 if not like a 60-40 that you got to know how to like things and you got to like then also know how to package them and price them and sell them and store them and then provide consistency so it was just all of that right so it, it was just a process of understanding how things can be made consistent so i mean it was a lot of you know delivery was a big challenge especially for cakes and stuff because they would get spoiled in transit yeah but thankfully the people in the community was very very patient and just i mean very respectful of the work that was going in also because it was super transparent so people were very very okay with when i screwed up a few times but yeah like i mean you you learn these things along the way earlier few months i sent out product things even didn't even have a label so if somebody had ordered like four jars of four different things from me but all of them were chocolate they didn't know which flavor was which you know it was like a guessing game so uh, then i realized how labels are important mm-hmm. then i started selling things in farmers markets and still there was no packaging i was just writing things by hand and pasting them pasting a sticker on the products then later on i think somebody how many products are we talking about here how many handwritten stickers are we talking about yeah lots lots of handwritten stickers lots of like It was cute, also. I think it was really cute when you know. It was, I still really like it when somebody's written something with hand and they're just pasting it. It just seems very authentic and homemade, and I really like that also. But yeah, like lots of it was also it was really funny if I tell you a story. So when I started the business, I had absolutely no idea of how to go about anything, right? So I was just using a logo this friend had created. you know just as a favor or or something and then just i it was a circular logo right i got the first few sheets printed just to put that logo on the product but then uh, because it was a bootstrap business i had some 30000 saved up from my um, job which i just sort of used here uh the logos that i got cut like the few sheet it was square so i would cut cut it round by my hand like with scissors and then paste it on every individual product because i was like all of it manually you cut it all of it color. because because getting a round sticker was an additional expense you know like you had to pay for that size of the you know the die that they cut and stuff and i didn't have money like i wanted to save all the money that i could save i would like hand cut every logo so it was like it was everything was really done from scratch for every and i'm super you know i love doing things from scratch so even now in the kitchen uh, we don't get for example the spices like the cinnamon and the nutmeg and stuff we don't get pre ground stuff we will get cinnamon we will grind it ourselves and then we will store like fresh cinnamon for a day or a week when it stays fresh and that's what we use in the kitchen we don't really that's how how we made things and done things from the get go so i try to retain like obviously now i'm not hand cutting stickers but in terms of the food and the philosophy in general we try to do everything from scratch i think this was really great as an ending question priyasha to the priyasha who started 2.5 years ago to the priyasha who has just begun she's just experimenting she doesn't know what is going to happen to her business right yeah. what is the advice that you would like to give to that priyasha knowing what you do now i would just like to tell her that you got to keep faith you know have more faith in yourself than you currently do because like i said i got like three sheets of stickers printed i'd probably get 10 at this point but uh, yeah but like have a little more conviction in what you're doing and yeah i think in, in fact i feel like I did a lot of things right without knowing it in a way that you know I didn't think much about it 
which is a very good thing i guess in hindsight because if i would have thought too much about it or if i would have been like what if this doesn't work or you know i'm not trained so i cannot do this and i cannot do that and i have no idea how to do business and i'm too young for it or anything like that if i would have thought too much about it i probably wouldn't have just gone for it right so i think i think in that way yeah just like keep at it you know really trust your instincts yeah trust your instincts and just believe in what you're doing and have more faith in yourself really that's marvelous and priyasha such good work you're doing thank you so much for thank coming you so much. to us and i really do hope that listeners who are thinking about starting something new which might not be popular but yeah. it's something that might change people's lives for the better you are the perfect example just go for it and please do check out cinnamon kitchen's page and her products and support her small business because i really do think you're doing a great job yasha thank you so much thank you here are the main takeaways from my conversation with priyasha first nothing can ever replace the practice of trial and error especially in the food business understanding your customers tastes and knowing how to make your food taste better constantly is key to scaling your business another important note marketing your business on social media is a must try leveraging influencer marketing to expose your products to a newer audience and also get that stamp of approval from an influencer thank you priyasha for your time you truly put the mojo in insta mojo You can find the links to Cinnamon Kitchen's online store and the workshops conducted by Priyasha in the description of this episode. With that, we come to the end of season 2 of Mojo Makers, a business podcast powered by Insta Mojo. We could not have done it without the help of our listeners. We have helped empower a community of more than 2 million entrepreneurs. If you want to start your own business, create your own online store with Insta Mojo for free and then upgrade according to your business needs. your business your way just visit instamojo.com to kick start your entrepreneurial journey